0: From CPR News, this is Colorado Matters. Hip-hop is 50.
1: When I think about higher end of peace helping other people, the foundation of hip-hop, the acronym of hip-hop, or it mean hip and the hop. Remember, like, to be hip is wisdom, and hop is the movement. So it's like, it really means intelligent movement. That's what hip-hop stands for.
0: I talk with some of Colorado's hip hop power players about its impact here in our state and far beyond.
2: Every time I think about hip hop, I think about the extension, the expansion and the connection that it's created globally.
3: It's like this interesting personification of like the underdog story, the streets, like turning nothing into something. Hip-hop was an extension of the civil rights movement in a sense. It was a voice.
4: I said the hip hop, the hippie, the hippie to the hip, hip hopper. You don't stop the rocker, do the bang, bang, boogie. Say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie the
3: the largest source of support for Colorado Public Radio comes from members across our state.
2: I'm from Denver, Aurora. Glenwood Springs, Grand
3: Junction Ranch. With
2: your donation, you connect your city to nonprofit journalism, to inspiring stories, and you connect your community to a wide range of music that fills our daily life. Month after month, donors continue to step up. Thank you for your support.
0: This is Colorado Matters from CPR News and KRCC. I'm Chandra Thomas-Whitfield. It's been 50 years since a guy known as DJ Koo Herc and his sister Cindy threw the first hip-hop back-to-school party on August 11th, 1973. Little did they know, or did they, That simple house party in their modest apartment in the Bronx, New York would birth a musical genre that would change the world, influencing language, dance, education, politics, media, and so much more. Well, that genre celebrates a half century this year. Yes, hip hop is 50 years old. This milestone anniversary got me thinking. What role, if any, does hip-hop play here in Colorado? I must say that I have yet to hear tracks like Straight Outta Pueblo or "Getting Jiggy in the Mile High. The esteemed panel sitting with me in the studio today definitely has a lot to say about this, along with lots of thoughts about the impact that hip-hop has and continues to have on our state, our country, and yes, even our world today. Let's introduce them. Old Man Saxon is a rapper from Denver who is remembered by many, including me and my husband, as a crowd favorite on the hit Netflix series Rhythm and Flow. Think American Idol for rap.
5: Can I use your restroom? What? No? What type of noise is that? Most of these fools ain't loyal cats. They smoke into the foils block. Sorry started confessing, departed with Wesson's and restarted the lesson. We started from less than duh, de- no excuse though, just wanted a root oh, for my head. You hoes, skin black, to me both make cash for my group flow. A house on the hill, who know, just want to go home. Can't wait to go
0: home. Saxon, whose government name is Saxon Kinsey, has been a rapper since he was 13. He's taught rap at the Musicians Institute in Los Angeles, performed at Hip Hop Camp in the Czech Republic, and has opened for artists such as Cameron and Ghostface Keller. I got
6: so much seas, I got no more land. Pull up on your block in that veggie van. Keep my broccoli local like I always did. Give me your bucket of two, watch my co-playing in the streets. I got so much seas, I got no more land. Etaf Vida
0: is a Denver-born and bred recording artist, activist, educator, and vegan chef, best known by his stage name, DJ Kavum Motivation. His mission to rap about climate change, food justice, and plant-based foods has spread far beyond Colorado. He's performed at the Obama White House and been featured in Oprah Magazine and on the Rachel Ray Show. And get this, he often distributes his albums in plant seed packets, or as I like to say, he gives his fans Musical beats to groove to with beats they can grow to.
6: I'ma make you think twice when you pull up on the cornerstone. What's the shelf life of your food? They say, I don't know. Why you eat that processed food? They say, I don't know. Why you never try the fresh juice? They say, I don't know. I got gold grapes with the gold carrots, carrots, carrots. Roman tower garnets with romaine lettuce. Ro- Rotom yams, ace, set, all waste, the bear, Played it up like a chef. Post one photogram like.
0: Robert Houston II, also known as Black Pegasus or simply Black P, is a hip-hop artist from the Woodside Townhome section of Colorado Springs. He is of mixed African-American and Mexican descent, and his cultural heritage often shows up in his music.
4: Black Pegasus, Black P, and I am the Black Growing up mixed, black and Mexican Having two different cultures run through my blood I definitely saw the world differently Here we go I was born mixed, looking yellow and light skinned, so it was always different and harder to find friends as time spins. We all want to get in. When I was younger, I just wanted to fit in. See, it's been a journey. The road was rough, treated like I wasn't black or Mexican enough. What made it tough?
0: Like P began rapping at age 16. Some of his career highlights include guest rapping on songs by Tech Nine and Liquid Assassin performing at Red Rocks, and he is open for many of the biggest rap stars in the industry, such as Wu-Tang Clan, Nas, and T.I.
4: And
0: our lone woman on the panel is Nikki Sworn, general manager for Denver Radio Station's 104.7 The Drop and Kubo Jazz
2: 89.3. What up, Colorado? What it do? We in here getting it in. Yes. Throwback Thursday. The way you do it? On
0: On air, she's known as America Jones. She is the first African-American woman GM in radio in the state of Colorado. Back in August, she shared the stage at Levitt Pavilion with Chuck D., leader of the pioneering group Public Enemy, talking about this very topic. All of you, welcome to Colorado Matters. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Peace. My first thought is hip-hop is 50. Wow. What thoughts come to your mind as we reach this milestone? Let's start over here with you, Black Pegasus.
3: The first thing when you said it actually was... uh... My parents, and always, this ain't going to last. This ain't real music. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm sure people have heard it before me. I'm 43 years old currently, so I'm sure there's people who are predating me a little bit at the inception of hip-hop. I just think it's incredible. It has made it this far. And then the cultural influence. I, I re- forget the statistic, but there was one point... It was like one of the top exported goods from America creating, you know, revenue. It was like top three or top five. Mm -hmm. Like it's up there with oil Mm -hmm. when it was the CD era of selling music. $16 billion. Yes. So it's just just incredible. It's crazy.
0: And to your point, in 2017, hip hop surpassed
2: rock as the most popular and widely consumed music in the United States. Nikki? That was the first time that that ever happened in history. Yep. Uh So, you know, this is iconography and it's a, it became a place where we actually have become part of this movement of the culture of America. It's, it's like jazz music for this current generation yeah. and for it to be 50, you know, think about it. Like every time I think about hip hop, I think about the extension, the expansion and the connection that it's created globally.
4: We Mm. needed hip-hop
2: so badly during the pandemic. It was, okay, let's get on. Who's DJing on social media where I can have a break from feeling isolated? It's a connective tissue for different cultures that only speak the same language. Mm. So I look at it and I say, you know, with 3 million Black-owned businesses and hip-hop being $16 billion. Mm. You know, we, there's an impact statement there. We've mm. changed and evolved a way of living, a way of being. Um, and it's nice that to see people actually be able, us as Black people, be able to see that in our pockets.
0: Yeah. Old Man Saxon.
5: I also love that it's so young, too, right? Like, 50 years is a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty short. So I'm really curious to see, you know, what else it's going to do from here. Hopefully it's not stagnant, you know. Mm. (laughs) I I would love to see it continue to grow.
0: Hmm. DJ Kavum.
1: Wow. You know, I think about the idea of just where it came from. Just from like the music and the beat, you know, shout out to the funky drummer, you know, to Clyde, you know, where all of our samples came from. And when I think about James Brown and like, you know, The Last Poets and just Gil Sky Heron, I think about their foundation of really bringing that rhythm and the poetry. Just from the experience of like my my life around hip hop, I grew up around all this poetry and like Cafe Nuba and just seeing the experience with that. And matter of fact, my first performance was with The Last Poets. And with that Press, it was at Rock Island. Wow. And um, on stage, I was beatboxing. I remember this set. Like, I think about, like, all these elders who kind of, like, laid the foundation. The first time Cool Hurt came to Colorado, so he played um, played a birthday party uh, for us, and it was up at the Bar Standard. Yeah. It was a minute ago.
0: Mm.
1: And um, so I just—having, like, these personal relationships with the culture, I think— um, really helps have that foundation when I think about higher inner peace helping other people, the foundation of hip hop, right? The acronym of hip hop. Or it means hip and the hop. Remember, like to be hip is wisdom and hop is the movement. So it's like it really means intelligent movement. That's what hip hop stands for.
2: Nikki Sworn. Jeff Campbell here in Colorado, Colorado Hip Hop Coalition was the place I sat on that board for six years working with Jeff and putting hip hop in schools as a as a factor of education, Mm. because if we could own how we're educated, we could transform our communities. Tell us who is Jeff Campbell? Jeff Campbell, uh, MC, uh, creative, a playwright, an actor, an activist, community sage. Right. He's he's his own movement on his own and has always wanted to see the community here in Colorado thrive and do well. And he did it through the lens of hip hop um, when people told him he couldn't do it. Our sister
0: publication, Denver Denverite, did an awesome piece on Denver's space in hip hop. And Jeff Campbell is featured in that article and it was written by my colleague, Isaac Vargas. And in it, he writes, quote, While plenty of Denver artists have plied their trade over the decades, the city seems to fall short of national recognition as a place that's made a mark on hip-hop. Today, we're drawing this out beyond Denver and asking, what is Colorado's place in hip-hop, old man Saxon?
5: From when I was growing up in Denver, because we're kind of in the middle, there was no one just like, hey, we all love Biggie or we all love Pac or we all love, you know, Bun B. Because we were in the middle, everyone had their favorite artists kind Mm. of spread out, right? And so what I always assumed was there was no Colorado identity from because everyone was kind of picking and choosing where their favorite art came from. And I think on a bigger scale, when people... A lot of the Colorado hip-hop that I've heard recently from some of the younger artists, it is kind of more hmm, street, for lack of a better term, right? And I think when the masses think of Colorado, I don't think they think street or authentic by any means.
0: So is it that Denver or Colorado doesn't seem hard
5: enough? For lack of a better term, a failure to kind of represent the weirdness of Colorado in our (laughs)
0: hip-hop. I don't know, maybe you did. (laughs)
5: Yeah, I I, I, I do think that. I I think that I kind of bring some of that weirdness that Colorado, is. it's a weird state to me, right? (laughs) But I think a lot of people, because our influences are so spread out, that it's more of trying to have this street sort of mentality that I don't think the masses will appreciate
0: (laughs) Mm. coming from Colorado. Maybe I'm off. The article described it as Denver specifically, but we're talking about Colorado today, kind of having an identity crisis.
2: Is that something you would agree with, Nikki? That's part of the isolation that we feel in the state is that it, all the music originates only out of Denver, and that's not the case. Mm. There are some uber-talented artists throughout the state, Pueblo, Colorado Springs, Grand Junction. People are on a move. I think that part of it has to do with exposure and having that exposure and... Um, Competition. Like, um, I think as a movement, it's hard to be a movement when you're stuck in the idea of being in competition with someone
3: else. You know, she hits a really good point, and so did um, Sachs. There's a lot to unpack there. There is this um, in Denver and Colorado Springs, when I was coming up, I was kind of the focal point at a, at a, at a moment. When I had my 15 minutes, there'd be a lot of uh, arguments where people wanted to claim me for Denver, like, no, he's from the 719. And that competition within a small market, uh, it does create this separation instead of this momentum that you should be building for. It's like, yo, we all wear Nuggets jerseys, so we're all behind the Nuggets. But when it comes to rap, we're all like, oh, I'm from Greeley, I'm from Pueblo, I'm from, you know. (laughs) And so there's this disconnect. But there are artists that blew up. The Fray, 303, Mm -hmm. we can put our... So we see um, 303 and the Flowbots. They really blew up on a national, international level. Mm -hmm. I would put my finger on the pulse for 303 because when you think of an artist coming from Colorado, typically the world or America doesn't look at Colorado super urban. So it's easier to gravitate Mm -hmm. to a 303. And then – With this identity crisis, you also have to look at the market. What are we purchasing? We are one of the only markets that's going to – Red Rocks is not selling out for Tech Nine in these other markets or Atmosphere or all these. So you see we have this eclectic buying power. They um, gravitate to different type of identities, right? So we have this market that kind of is showing you this is what we want, but the market keeps producing like – Let's say something that might be too urban or too this because of the greenery, right? That's in um, in Colorado. That's when we became cool, mm-hmm. and we were never cool. And being having identity in hip hop is about being cool, fresh. Mm-hmm. So um, until then, so we're still in our infancy stages of creating this identity. Like, hey, this is cool. Now people are like, oh, I'm going to Denver. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they can connect the dots with let's say. The scenery of Breckenridge, the greenery, there actually is a cool urban city with culture here, but from the outside perspective, and this is coming because I started touring at 18 years old, this is 1998, when I went to California and said, hey, we're from Colorado, they're like don't y'all wear cowboy hats? Like the identity (laughs) Mm -hmm. was not there. It's like, we're connected to Wyoming, Utah. This Mm -hmm. is the identity we have. Mm -hmm. So to build our identity, I just think it's still in its infancy stage and attack onto what she's saying. If there can be a camaraderie, a work together, and then this exposure from the media outlets, we will see that germinate. It will just continue to take a little bit of time.
2: I agree with that a hundred percent. I mean, per capita, Denver sells almost more tickets than L.A. and New York. Wow. So we're consuming mm. hip-hop at a huge, huge, massive rate. These are the conversations we were having behind the scenes when we started the drop. This is what I was listening to and hearing, and that's part of the reason why we developed the station. But part of this, too, has to do with the the fact that the demographic of the state of Colorado is 60% white. Mm-hmm. And so having a uber-urban sound is is... It's cool because it's a, a part of the culture, but authenticity-wise, are we that authentic in that space? Is everybody really a gangster? Are you going down to Parker and doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? And that's part of it. And, and if we don't have an identity individually, it's hard to say this is the identity of the state. We're still trying to figure that portion out. What we do know is that there is a collective buying power here in Colorado um, that is a, behind concert tickets. Um, I think that the movement has never been more vibrant than it is now. I think people are challenging an atypical sound that was kind of coming out.
0: Radio personality America Jones, along with rappers Old Man Saxon, DJ Kava Motivation, and Black Pegasus, talking with me about hip-hop's 50th anniversary this year and where Colorado fits into this groundbreaking musical genre. When we come back, what is the hip-hop scene like in Colorado? Who's in it and where can you find it? This is Colorado Matters from CPR News and KRCC.
5: Please to meet you. Quite behind, just getting sick off of Zika. He a fool, take you to school. Mad in the streets, mad in the street. Get out of your seat, give the daddy we need you. In the back of the like then lose the cap for this piece. Me and not minding it, waiting on them to diamond nick. So when these cheapskates break, I come
2: sliding in. They didn't want the mural there, and they asked me to paint over it. And I refused to do it, so I lost my job.
0: Check out Off the Walls, a new podcast about Denver's street art. Take this white paint, and I want you to use it
2: to indicate for us your experience with white supremacy in America.
0: Off
1: the
5: Walls on Apple Podcasts,
1: Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts.
5: With support from Credit Union of Colorado.
0: Hip-hop marks a major milestone this year, its 50th anniversary. During that time, the musical genre has changed the world, influencing language, dance, education, politics, media, and so much more. But what is Colorado's place in all of this? I asked some of the biggest players in our state to join me in studio. Radio personality, America Jones, Nikki Sworn, and rappers DJ Cavum, Ita Vita, Old Man Saxon, Saxon Kinsey, and Black P., Robert Houston II. One of the things pointed out in the Denverite article is that as soon as a place that caters to the hip-hop crowd opens, it closes within a year or two or less. Where can you go to listen to hip-hop in Colorado?
3: What you're saying is true. That happens a lot. And it happens in Pueblo, too. You see that a lot. There's certain curators in the market that will bring hip hop to the venues, right? So it doesn't always have to be about the venue or the location. For example, myself, I throw events and so does like Hypnotic and Tef. Mm -hmm. They're developing the whole concert app which spelled with a Q so that artists can like really intertwine. So I would just follow some of the uh, the local curators who are throwing events and then you're able to see them. And there's certain brands that stand out like I'd say Hip and Tef with the concert app Uh with our stuff, Strong Survive Presents. And then whoever's in the scene, like, you know, you have a lot of people in here who are actually in the scene. So we'll be promoting, hey, this is going on and and, and different stuff like that. When you're looking for that more indie, localized hip hop um, performance, if you really want to get in touch with the locals, it's like even hearing this following Kavum or myself or Nikki, like we're always trying to highlight certain things that go on locally when they are going on. Uh, Everything else is like... You know, you can find concerts through the regular apps and and, and stuff like that.
2: Is there a hip-hop club scene? No. it, It existed. But, again, you look at the culture of the state a little bit, and the culture of the state is kind of mandating and dictating kind of what's happening. We don't own any venues. We don't own any clubs. We're asking someone else to allow us to lease the club, or have access to that facility. And um, that's problematic. Because uh, is there bias in that? Of course. <laughs> There's bias in almost everything. And so this is no different, but this is politics. It's political. It's economic. That's why I say you look at the financials and you follow the money. Mm. This is the first time in history that we're actually part of a collective movement of, of curating our own music and monetizing it. Normally, others were monetizing it. My background is in commercial radio. I work for uh, the biggest commercial radio station here in the state of Colorado. And I watched it happen firsthand. And so when we got a chance to do a nonprofit and got a chance to create a radio station that could highlight each one of these artists that are sitting around the table and play them on regular rotation, it was our responsibility to do that. Mm. And it's a, it's a way of social thinking is a way to change kind of what's happening within our communities as, as, as a socialized group. Like we all feel obligated to stand up and stand in the gap. Each one of us does that in our own unique ways. Mm. So there isn't, it's very difficult right now because the climate is different when there is, and I'm going to say it cause it's not popular, but when there's acts of violence, people get scared and they attribute it to a music type. I've come through this for, I've been in radio 28 years. And I've worked in hip-hop radio a big chunk of that. And when something unfortunate happens and the music is reflected and is having an experience, it's automatically attributed to, oh, that's that hip-hop music and that's, you know, negativity around it. And it's sad to me because this is one of the most inspiring art forms that's around. This is where you can flex your creativity, you can play with language, you can transform Anything, your ideologies, your philosophies, and your connective tissue. But we don't always get the chance to do that.
5: When did the hip-hop clubs exist here?
2: They were cracking in the 2000s. Okay.
3: <laughs> uh, early <when> <laughs> early that, 2000s. Like dove, like these like, open mics we'd it, have and you, stuff like that. You'd have
2: those. You would have, like, the Lodo mm-hmm. area. That was all hip-hop clubs. You could wow. just walk out of one and into the next and out of one and into the next. You know, Baja Beach Club was the joint. Everybody was there. Everybody who wanted to be seen was there. The Broncos would come, wow. and then you'd go into like Glendale and be at like you know uh, Cherry Street Bar and Grill. You had um, Jimmy's. You had there were there was a vibrant scene here, and I went out. I can remember going out six nights a week. Like, I literally remember leaving the club and being like, let me change my clothes in the car and walk (laughs) right into work. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because we were doing it. We were were live remotes and live broadcasts and bringing in artists and, oh, we're going to have this club night and this is happening over here. And so there was a really vibrant scene and violence happened. The culture of violence happened and it was automatically attributed to the hip hop culture unfairly and unjustly.
5: What do you attribute it to?
2: Hard heads. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Difficult (laughs) individuals. It wasn't about the music. It was about, I'm going to go out and I'm I'm on some tomfoolery and I'm going to be foolish, Mm. culturally. Be irresponsible, culturally. And show up and do this. Had nothing to do with the music. Had nothing to do with the club space. But you only get so many windows of that happening before it becomes, well, every time we open a hip-hop club, Mm -hmm. you know, Every time that happens.
3: Now, real quick for both of you guys, when you say hip hop club, were you referencing like a live performance hip hop or you just saying like playing hip hop in the club?
0: I I think what people that I see are asking for is they want to know a place they can consistently know they will hear the music that they want to hear. And it's hip hop.
3: Yeah. Got you. I, and when I was speaking, I was referring to more of like the uh, scene I came up in when there was a lot of hip hop open mics. Because I remember like the Soil Dove, we had the open mics and you, mm-hmm. you know, you'd know you go up there. That yeah. was a certain day. It wasn't like all mm. week type yeah. of thing. And that goes along with building the identity. A local rapper in Atlanta is 2 Chains. Who's the local rapper in Colorado? Yeah. Do, you, do you see what I'm saying? So yeah. it goes with identity. And mm. to what she's saying, there's like this balance to be f- found because... In the roots of hip-hop, right, being street culture, certain things that are vibrated through the music might draw in some of the demographic that would cause mm-hmm. this issue. So they're just like, wow, well, we're just going to cut it all out. Like, So it, it's it's like this balance to find because, again, we're in a, a unique market. We're in the middle of the map.
0: I'm speaking with Black P, DJ Cavum America Jones, and Old Man Saxon, big names on Colorado's hip-hop scene after the break how hip-hop is shaping American culture. This is Colorado Matters from CPR News and KRCC.
4: I can ride my bike with no handlebars, no handlebars, no handlebars. Look at me, look at me, hands in the air like it's good to be alive. And I'm a famous rapper, even when the past are all crooked. D. I can show you how to do see do I can show you how to scratch a record. I Take apart the remote control but I can almost put it back together I can tie a knot in a cherry stem I can tell you about Leif Erikson I know all the words to De Colores And I'm proud to be an American Me and my friend saw a platypus Me and my friend made a comic book And guess how long it took I can not do anything that I want Cause look, I can keep rhythm with no metronome No metronome No metronome And I can see your face on the television
0: Two Aurora paramedics injected Elijah McClain with an extra-large dose of a powerful sedative when he was stopped and restrained by police. They're now on trial for manslaughter and second-degree assault for his death. But were their mistakes a crime? Follow the CPR News blog for live updates in the third trial in the death of Elijah McClain. And listen to all the latest developments on CPR News
3: and on the Colorado Public Radio app.
0: Today, I'm joined by four big names on Colorado's hip-hop scene, as the musical genre celebrates its 50th anniversary this year. Robert Houston II, Black Pegasus, Saxon Kinsey, Old Man Saxon, and Nikki Sworn, known on the radio as America Jones, and ETEF Vida, who goes by DJ Cable it's Motivation.
4: Cool, and it's cool, so cool, and it's cool
6: Question, maybe you can help. Direction, I'm a DJ in your cell Looking for direction Matter of fact The produce section Can I get more On the way to school Walking by the prison door Plus two liquor stores And a dog park Talk about an eyesore When the post park Have you ever seen A collard green When I grow up No show up?
0: Recently I saw that Snoop Dogg And his grandchildren Which is still funny To imagine Snoop as a grandpa mm-hmm. <laughs> Are featured in ads For The Children's Place Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, I look at Jay-Z and Beyonce, and to me, they remind me of, like, John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John in Greece. now as, like, the the, the popular couple. And what are your thoughts on how hip-hop has infiltrated and, in so many ways, continues to shape and influence American culture?
1: You know, hip-hop is out there. You know, it's going to be in... uh... It's going to be a lobby music. It's going to be an elevator music, you know, uh, and all those things are going to start to shift because that's what young people want. At the same time, hip-hop is not just rapping, you know. It's, it's b-boying. It's DJs. It's definitely graffiti art. It's definitely going to be the street culture, our, our language, you know what I mean, health and wellness. Denver is blessed with, like, beautiful graffiti murals. You know, that's, that's a space where you find hip-hop, you know. but And I think young people are interested in that style, as we start to move forward, like the cultural norm to be able to go to work now, maybe might include some tattoos. It might you be able to like hear um, those styles like being played. You know, matter of fact, I think I was like in a grocery store. I heard like Guru playing. I was like, what is going on? Like, and, and so that that is true. You know, so um, but it's it's going to continue to influence. I know within my style, I was like, okay, there's enough rappers out here dropping shoes and stuff. I was like, All right, cool. I'm gonna drop a juicer. You know. For me, like, I, I really didn't see, like, there was a space for culinary climate action and environmental hip-hop, but I had to create that platform, so I understand what y'all was talking about. Like, all right, cool, great, I'm going to start rapping about vegetables to see what happens, right? Yo, that turned into a platform to where, uh, at the end of the day, see, yo, Colorado is known for eco-hip-hop, environmental hip-hop. We do got the proclamation from the mayor. you know, we do get acknowledged and, you know what i'm saying we 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 dropping some stuff that i feel like people are interested in uh, in the concept of being on the forefront of culinary climate action and i feel like the kids are really starting to take that to the next level they're more open to the ideas of not just being a gangster you see kids write music about wellness and meditation and the stars and more than just about like you know sex drugs and violence and that's exactly and i have your
0: seed packets right here you distribute your albums with the uh, seed packets. I always say you distribute your musical beats with the beats you can grow.
1: (laughs) And then you can juice them at the end of the day. And so it's like this whole symbiotic idea of like, yeah, we have to take hip hop to a lens to be able to reach the next generation and meet them where they are. You know, like people are sick and they're hurting themselves, getting drunk all night, smoking all day. Let's just be real. I feel like we can actually take care of our mind and our body if we use hip hop to actually be a mechanism and a tool to actually talk about you know, health and wellness at the same time. That's all.
0: Yeah, what I'm getting from everyone, and I think this is an important point, is that hip-hop is a culture. It's way beyond music.
1: I feel like it's becoming like this cultural norm to utilize it in every form of marketing. Because, you know, when you start seeing pickup commercials using rap music, (laughs) yeah, things is real.
0: Obviously, everyone in this room grew up in hip-hop. Are you still kind of surprised? I mean, when I when I think back about being a kid and sneaking, like, two live crew tapes into my Walkman, my parents can't hear this.
2: I'm all like, two live crew? Let me find out. You are from Atlanta. That would be the, the first thing I'm to actually from, from New Orleans. Oh, so,
0: that'd it even yes, better. So, yes, uh, <laughs> cash money. <laughs> but no, I mean, did you ever imagine, like, Ice Cube, Ice-T, Snoop Dogg, selling potato chips and headphones and i mean does it still kind of amaze you how much it is a part of american culture now
5: not really i think it's kind of a full circle moment too because when you think about it hip-hop is influenced by american culture right so yeah it makes it makes sense i can't lie and say that i was aware i was i was like sure it was going to be me goes on a bag of chips or whatever but yeah it does make (laughs) sense that we got the time to to use our influence
3: yeah i I personally think that um hip-hop in a way is like this personification of america Mm -hmm. and um i always looked at hip-hop as the great triumph in a sense you know in this time and space i think in 2020 i went back and forth a lot of conversations in my head like where are we going with you know civil rights or social justice And um, I would get caught in some dark places where I'm like, this isn't right, which there's things we see that isn't right. But then I would go back and see how far we've come and how hip hop has given a voice to so many, given Mm. wealth to so many. And it's like this interesting personification of like the underdog story, the streets, like turning nothing into something. And uh, it's so interesting Without America, there's no hip-hop. Like, it takes a dark history. You know how it takes that pain or that, ah, to create the diamond? That's mm-hmm. what we needed, and that's why hip-hop was birthed. So it's, like, this unique duality that um, comes from American culture. And, you know, like, hip-hop was an extension of the civil rights movement in a mm-hmm. sense. It was a voice, mm-hmm. you know. We didn't start off twerking. We started off, you know.
2: Martin. Um, yeah,
3: yeah. And, um, it, it, but it was, it was entertaining though. It was like to get away from, you know, entertainment. And now it's grown to something that unites people, which is interesting that that's what America is supposed to represent. Like culturally, that's what it was supposed to be, whether it is or not. And so there's just all these unique parallels to America that, uh, hip hop has done. And it's, I've toured internationally. I always remember this moment. I was in Poland and I get on stage and I'd say 70% of the crowd does not speak English, but mm. your beat drops, you start rapping and they just feel it and there's something we all know that music is the universal language this could be anything but the fact that it's hip-hop from the streets from this urban environment from lack of to creating some of the strongest voices on the planet i always like to take some time and just appreciate that when things get dark because i i believe that because of the internet sometimes i think things are worse than they are and i have to always like recalibrate and reset that hey there's things we have to work through but we've come a freaking long way when you just said your your whole Jay Z, John Travolta, like that is just crazy. When you really think about the visualization of that. So when I get caught in these pockets of the internet that are very dark and it's like, ah, then I also try to look at this big picture on where we're at and where we could go. And that's just how I kind of see it more so. It's like 2020, I kind of had this reckoning where I had to look in the mirror and look at a bunch of different things and start, and being a father, just deciphering how can I create a better place for my child than just keep, you know, growing, in a sense.
0: Black Pegasus, DJ Kavum, America Jones, and Old Man Saxon talking with me about hip-hop's 50th anniversary and where Colorado fits into the scene. When we come back, does hip-hop get a bad rap? This is Colorado Matters from CPR News and KRCC.
4: Look at me, but hold your camera tight. This ain't candlelight. I'm a supernova, and these cats ain't even satellites. Been flipping words before Vanna White was Vanna White. So don't say jack like Pat when I handle mice. This will a fortune? No, this will's a fortune. When I die, I'm going to leave my kids a million fortunes. Got gas money that could fill up tanks. Will Smith, I let fresh prints fill up banks. Uncle Phil, I'm not a ghost. This isn't Halloween.
6: It's CPR's biggest show of the year, and
5: you can grab some of the final tickets. This year's Colorado Matters Holiday Extravaganza records December 7th in Denver. There'll be live music, comedy, and your traditions, both heartwarming and absurd.
0: The day after Halloween is Christmas time for me. My parents are like, you need to tone it down. And I'm like, no, blasting my Christmas music.
5: (laughs) Chase the humbug away. Tickets are affordable and going fast at CPR.org slash holiday.
6: Supported by First Western Trust
0: hip-hop is 50. Still hard to believe, right? In just that short time, the musical genre has made its mark on American culture, from fashion and arts to language and politics. Here's the conclusion of my discussion with rappers Black Pegasus, Robert Houston II, DJ Cavum, Etef Fida, Old Man Saxon, Saxon Kinsey, and radio personality America Jones, Nikki Sworn. So, of course, there's a lot of praise going around for hip-hop during the 50th anniversary. I mean, there's been specials and documentaries. There were recently the BET Hip-Hop Awards. But this genre is also widely criticized for being too heavily focused on gratuitous violence, sex, being very misogynistic, LGBTQ-phobic, and for the prevalent use of words that we'll just describe today as the N-word and the B-word. What's your response to those criticisms? Are they valid? And do you all think that hip-hop is evolving from that? Deep. (laughs) Deep thoughts. Are they
5: valid? Oh, go for it. Well, I think there's some validity to it, absolutely. Um, I, I think what has happened in my mind is... When hip-hop first started, you know, it had this rebellious nature. It was kind of a fight against white supremacy, right? Those were, like, some of the main um, core focuses there. And to some extent, also, hip-hop was getting a lot of influences from different places right even just the idea of a breakbeat comes from playing your know, disco records right I was watching something on Drink Chaps where Method Man was talking about how he like came up for the uh some of his things for the song Method Man he's like oh, I got this part from the Beatles I got this part from Hall & I got this part and it's like oh wow so you're getting all these influences from all these different places and I think some of the things that a thing that happens now with hip-hop is it becomes so big that it is constantly being influenced by itself and when it does that and when somebody sees that making a lot of money off of you know drugs women and, you know all that i think people will become influenced by it and they will continue to push that narrative at the same
1: time like the culture is definitely so vast and deep you know what i mean the first element i would definitely say is graffiti you know and the dj would be next because the element of it is like not just like you know, using the breaks and how we, we share from each other. But, like, yeah, it came from rap. Rapping and, like, running the dozens. You know what I'm saying? And, like, shout out to Tribe Brown, because they was talking mad stuff. You know what I mean? And kind of preparing for people to be in those sit-ins and learning how we, like, use our language to kind of, like, you know, get back at the man at the same time you hear that, like, you know... Let's just be real. Like you know, them old twenties blues and jazz songs was talking Mm -hmm. the same stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They, but at the same time, this community is still shifting from that. You'll still have Mm -hmm. public enemy. You still have the native tongues. You still have arrested development, who are at the background trying to show like you know knowledge and wisdom. But at the same time, you know, there's always going to be this battle because. You know, that's how we were able to, like, sharpen our our sword.
0: Nikki, I'm just curious, you <laughs> as the lone woman on the panel, what are your thoughts um, about the criticisms of hip-hop, particularly in terms of misogyny and sex and violence? Are those fair criticisms? And do you think hip-hop is evolving or should be evolving away from those themes?
2: I think, first, I don't speak for all the kind out there. I speak for just me. I look at a couple of different things. I think, first of all, it comes down to education. I think um, that is a big concern for me is the education of our young people, our education of our our people of color, because this is a part of our educational history. And when we strip this away, when we strip away the history of learning about who we are as as people of color, whatever our mixtures are, however we come to this this earthly plane, that's an issue where we can't have access to learning about who we are. That's about a power play. We keep you ignorant. You can't. We, we do this on purpose. It becomes an institutional barrier for success. When I look at the economics of it, it, it that's the whole thing. You pointed to this, um, Etef, like talking about the fact that, you know, we don't own very many labels anymore. We don't have a big Motown. We may have shepherded in this culture, but we don't really still, we still don't own it all the way. We still only account for about $16 billion of the $206 or $8 billion that black owned businesses actually generate for this country. So when I look at it and we talk about like misogynistic behavior and it, it's in there, it definitely is in there, um, but it's not new. Mm-hmm. So this, this continues to me to be the distract any divide conversation Instead of the come together, yeah, we can hold each other accountable. Why are you talking about that? Tell me what it is that you saw that you experienced. Because there are some people who experienced those very things in their own livelihoods. Yes, maybe my mom was on drugs and did this or that. Maybe my, my father was a pimp and I saw that and that was my lifestyle and I'm telling you my truth. Other times it's this microwave culture where it's just being capitalized upon because it could turn a dollar. And we know that and we have to understand that as well. And so to attribute it only to one area of things, it means we're not paying attention to the underbelly, which is the economic status of how this is actually working. And because we don't own it, we don't have the power to influence.
0: Now, Do you think ownership would make a difference if there were more ownership in the industry in terms of record labels, record companies, distribution. Absolutely. It would make a difference in the content that we receive.
2: Absolutely. Because if, now, I'm sitting with some very, very incredible, talented, and very focused artists. These people at this table, uh, when I think of Colorado hip hop, I think of y'all because, first of all, I have history with each and every one of you. And each and every one of you represent a little something different. And I appreciate all of your art forms for what they are because you work extra hard at being the antithesis of what people expect when you come to stage. Mm. They expect you to curse. They expect these things. I have to tell you, Saxon, I love the way that you utilize language in a really specific way. Right. So if you're going to use the N-word, it's for a very specific, given, directed reason. It's not gratuitous. It's not because oh, I want to make sure that I make a hit record. And that's part of that extra effort instead of going for the quick hit. It's the long term commitment to each one of you around this table have spent a long time seeking out your voice in this medium. It hasn't been an easy journey. Because each one of you came up against adversity. Oh, I don't like his music, his style ain't that. I've heard it from each of you. I've heard it from the audiences. But it has to do with education and the way that we're teaching and coaching to have a different expectation.
0: Are there any female hip hop artists here in Colorado making your mark?
2: Yes. I'm gonna go right to trip first. You know, I have slight bias. We, everybody oh, in the planet knows no. that I have a bias towards her. The reason why I sit behind her is her journey is interesting to me because she, like I, had self-doubt. Can I compete in this male-dominated industry? Mm-hmm. Will my voice cut enough to be able to be recognized as an authority in the business? So her journey mirrors much of mine because she is truly in control of her image.
3: For uh, female MCs, I'd highlight Asia Black from the Reminders. Her too, as well. Yes.
2: One of my favorite movies of
0: all time is Brown Sugar, starring Sinai Lathan and Tay Diggs, (laughs) uh, and my boyfriend in my head, Boris Kojo. (laughs) And the core question in that movie is, when did you fall in love with hip-hop? So as we close today, I pose a variation of that question to each of you. What do you love about hip-hop? And what do you want others to know about this genre as it celebrates a half century?
1: DJ Cabum? What I love about hip-hop is the fact that the culture not only came from nothing, but it came from the ideas of the style of happiness and joy from the nothing. You know, I feel like if you can take some cardboard from a back alley and just start breakdancing on it, if you can take, you know, some old dusty... Wood panels and like, you know, you create art with that and you are taking the time to be able to connect with your community, you know, as an MC you know, what I mean, uh, dropping poetry and rhymes. I think like, you know, we all rely on each other. You know, the DJ needs the music, you know, like we need that culture. And at the same time, it does take that intergenerational dialogue. I feel like if it wasn't for the jazz samples and the soul and being able to connect with our elders Through that way, um, we wouldn't have what we call our breakbeats or um, just our rhythms. And I feel like that um, when we give thanks to, like, you know, the elders and the platform or where it came from, you know, no tree without roots, I think we'll have a a better way of understanding where we can go. But we also need to let it breathe and let the youth continue to be the the leaves that fall down to the roots to fertilize the soil and warm the earth and kind of connect and create that dialogue with each other. So to that, I say peace.
0: Old Man Saxon. I love
5: its resilience. Um, I love that it offered so many different people uh, the ability to come out uh, and, you know, make money <laughs> and to influence, right? I think the thing that I want people to know about hip-hop is it's not a monolith, that there's a lot of, even just in this room, like us for just so many different <laughs> ages. And And I think it's important to know also that people who are a member of the hip-hop culture, that you can change it also and you can be a person to make a, like Backpacker said, a cultural shift.
2: Nikki, I see you nodding over there. I just am in awe of being in a room with these icons. Y'all are the influence, and I think when I think of what it means to me, I think of it as a movement first and foremost. Um, I think of it as a place of, like, recognition. Like, this, this is something that, black and brown folks created is something that we'll always own. We may not have all of the ownership of it, but it's something that we continue to sanction as a culture. It continues to reflect our dynamic re- experience so much so that other cultures want so much to be a part of it and, and move with it. Um, I think it's created industry of its own, economic viability on its own, and it still remains, even with its its issues, Hope it still represents this ever-present hope that tomorrow could be better than we are today and that there is a possibility for a future and we can communicate and tell each other things through the art form of hip-hop because it is a collective art movement and that is impressive. Black P.
3: Yeah, if um you strip down hip-hop, I love the idea of hip-hop, the energy... And the purity of hip hop, let's talk about the rap part for me, just all I needed was a pen or an idea and I could be on a stage with an instrumentalist, uh, an amazing pianist or a guitarist or whatever. And, and the underdog story, the purity that if I just channel my energy into my words and my soul I can get on any stage with anyone, even without a beat. Just that rhythm and just putting my words together. It gave me purpose. That's what I love about hip hop.
0: Thanks to you all for joining us and sharing your perspective with us today.
3: Thanks, Thanks for, Thanks having, for
0: us. having us. That was Colorado Springs-based rapper Black Pegasus, Robert Houston II, Denver rapper Saxon Kinsey, a.k.a. Old Man Saxon from the hit Netflix show Rhythm and Flow, Itef Vida, a Denver-born-and-bred recording artist, activist, educator, and vegan chef, best known as DJ Cable Motivation, and Nikki Sworn, general manager for Denver Radio Station's 104.7 The Drop and Kubo Jazz 89.3. They spoke with us today about the impact of hip-hop as it celebrates 50 years. I'm Chandra Thomas-Whitfield, this is Colorado Matters from CPR News and KRCC.
4: Now what you hear is not a test, I'm rapping to the beat. And me, the groove, and my friends are gonna try to move your feet. You see, I am one Wonder Mike and I like to say hello. Up to the black, to the white, the red, and the brown, and the purple, and yellow. But first I gotta bang, bang, the boogie to the boogie. Say up, jump, the boogie to the bang, bang, boogie. Let's rock, you don't stop, rock.